Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. Today on the show, we are going to talk about Black Mirror Season 5, which is three different episodes. And this happens to be our 250th Woo-hoo. episode. Crazy. <laughs> okay, so if you don't know what she's doing right there with all those weird... She's not having a seizure. She... Um, <laughs> She's like, oh, well, we should have those little things those where confettis. you pop it, the confetti that pops. Yeah. Okay, so she keeps making that noise. And so that's the that's our celebration. Yeah. Moving on. No. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make... Uh, I can't believe 250. Yeah. That's so we're nearing the end of season three. We made it to 250. We're going to keep going. <laughs> season not? four starts uh, the first week of September. If if you're new to the show, that's how we run our seasons is they're a year long, September to September. And uh, so we're wrapping up season three as we speak. And it kind of comes at a, at a time when the world has been through a, quite a bit while we've been doing this show. So we're very happy to have each other and have the show and be at 250. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. It's been a lot of work, but then also not a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's kind of when you think the year goes fast, but also slow. I think, That's I think how it's it feels. The, the, like the prep work, but then like the recording's really fun. Of course. And when we go, and this year we get to actually go to events again. I know. I know. It's been an, it's been a very, very interesting time to podcast. I think the yeah. podcasting landscape is actually still evolving and, and has yet to hit its peak, really. So I'm happy to be a part of it. And yeah. I'm happy to be a part of it with you. Yay. Yay. That's the nicest she's ever been to oh, me. okay. <laughs> I just got you a pillow. You did. And fixed your mic. That's true. Okay. You said that I did a nice thing for you by getting you Starburst. It's true. Yeah. She threw me some Starburst. But I'm going to use those in the Shrink Chat episodes that we record later. Because it gives me something to do while I'm being harassed with trivia. Yeah, harassed. For those of you who may not listen to the Shrink Chat show. Harassed, humiliated, exposed, violated, exploited. I'm traumatized and victimized every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, obviously. No one needs to come and save me. Listen to the Shrink Chat show for more of that. Yeah. But today on this Terror Talk show... We are going to talk about Black Mirror. So the first episode of season five, now again, there's only three, and that's because my understanding, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch was uh, filmed in 2018, mm-hmm. and as y- you all know, as fans of Black Mirror, they it's it was very complicated to film because there are different endings. Mm. There are several decision points within the movie that you get to like click a button of which story you'd like to follow. So there's literally a million ways to watch that movie. And so they undertook that as they were doing this season. And that's why there's only three episodes because then these three episodes are obviously quite, they're big episodes with big stars in them. Mm -hmm. And they were doing banner snatch at the same time. And they sort of stopped down to do that. And so it became three episodes and that's what we got for, for season five. Now, they're pretty interesting three episodes. They so, are. So we'll go into that. I think it would be super fun for us to, in the next few weeks, 
or the next few months watch Black Mirror Bandersnatch as a buddy watch for for Shrink Chat or on our on our show in general and because we'll get a different movie yeah. every time you and every time you watch it if you make different decisions That's you really get a cool. different movie uh, I think there's five or six endings that you can get wow but like, throughout like the movie your own adventure yeah but throughout the movie there's a million different ways you can go but you'll land on you know one of six endings i believe mm-hmm. so anyway we should totally because then we can come to the show and be like and this is what happened in my movie <laughs> that's cool episode one of season five is called striking vipers and the logline of this is college pals Danny and Carl reunite in a virtual reality session of their favorite game. However, something unexpected comes out of their nightmare escapades. So to further talk about this particular episode is it's two guys have been friends forever. One is single, one is married with kids. They reunite after a very long time apart. You know, it's like when you see your high school buddy or something after a really long time and you're really excited to see him. The one guy seems a little bit more excited than the other. And they they reconnect and they're like, hey, we could play in this virtual, you know, look at technology. We can play in this virtual land. We can play this game that we used to play in college or whatever. And so they... Which is they, like a Mortal Kombat which is like a Mortal Kombat. You choose your own uh, avatar and then you fight the other person. And they, you know, because of technology, as everybody knows, you can now be on a headset and you can talk to the person that you're, you can have a virtual experience without having to be in the same room, which is super cool. And in line with Black Mirror tech, you know, comments on technology. And then the complications ensue. Right. And so here is where we're going to ruin this episode (laughs) for you if you haven't seen it. Their virtual characters are a boy and a girl, and in and in reality, they're a boy and a boy. And in the game, the boy and the girl end up having sex. Mm-hmm. I think kissing the first time, and then they freak out, and then later they just they have an affair. Yeah, in the game because it's like a virtual reality, which really cool too is just the the way that they set up. Yeah, the visuals are amazing. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about the way video games are going, if you haven't seen this episode, they they put these little, like, microchips on the side of their head. So when the game goes on, they they just go into this daze. And so their their psyche, their it's mind... It's pretty creepy looking. It's really creepy. It's like, it, it almost looks like they're blind. Like, their eyes glaze over, and then they're both in this... It's not just virtual reality. They're in this like psychic space together yeah. with this simulated background. So they're in imbo- They're actually in the body mm-hmm. of these characters. So you know the his friend um, who plays the woman. He's like, holy shit, I have tits. You know, yeah. it's like so they're in each. They're in yeah. the bodies. And which, there is yeah. some VR that is like that. I've actually done uh, VR that's like that where you can raise your hands and you see somebody cool. else's hands yeah. and stuff. So yeah. a lot of VR is like that these days. So it's like that for yeah. those of you who have done any VR. What did you think of this episode in general? I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. So obviously there's some really good messages about, you know, the male pathology around 
homosexuality and mm -hmm. just like, you know, could you be attracted to your best friend or could you be attracted to another male? And does that make in, you inherently gay or does that just mean that we're all, you know, on that Kinsey scale or Absolutely. we're all on that? Um, and so I don't think this w clearly would have worked as well if this was two women because we see that all the time. It's not as pathologized, at least in, you know, it is pathologized, but, but not from a sexual point of view, I guess I should say. No, I think I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day about this, is that in our in our culture, I can only speak for American culture, in our culture uh, in general, women's sexuality is perceived to have a more acceptable flow right. than men's sexuality. Whether or not that is... Yeah good or not it that is, is our perception it just is yep. right now if you're talking about having a family together and kids together that's when they shut down and go no that's immoral but you're allowed to fuck each other right so in in something like this it it really i think it does highlight men's patholo the way that men are pathologized if god forbid they have this attraction to and it goes beyond attraction because in the video game, it's hetero. They fall in love. Right? But but the feelings, what's unclear is, are they having these feelings when they're outside of these characters, which is what a lot of the episode is about. So the mixed feelings are, one, I think it's a it was a cool concept of just exploring that and exposing how this is such an issue in, in Western culture. But at the same time, there are parts of it that, made me uncomfortable, not from a sexuality place, not from like sexual orientation, but I felt uncomfortable by who was the friend? What was his name? It's Danny Carl. You mean the single friend? The single friend. Yeah. Cause there's a married man and a single man. Yeah. Carl. Okay. So Carl's the single man. Carl was obnoxiously pushy and aggressive and there was something about him at well, times. Well, so can I, yeah, I want to yeah, comment ahead. on that yeah, yeah. just because this is one of the things I'd like to say about that okay. is that from his, per I felt like, uh, what was the, the married guy's name? Danny. Okay. So Danny's character for me, and maybe this will help explicate yeah. what you're talking about is Danny's character for me is the one that personified and held this message about having confused feelings. Right because he ultimately was the one struggling with that. Right. Carl, Carl was, was not, not confused. confused. Right. So for Car for me, Carl's character was about addiction. Yeah. He became oh, very he addicted yeah. to the game, to the relationship for reasons we don't really know, but it could, you know, loneliness. He's obviously been mm -hmm. alone for a long time. He's not having successful relationships with women. He's kind of, sleeping with a lot of them, you know, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's, he's basing his relationships on how they look and the image and all of that. So mm -hmm. he's, he's struggling with his own situation there psychologically, but his behavior was straight addiction. Come on, just one more time. Just maybe every Sunday, just, it wasn't based on true love. In right. my opinion, it was based on addiction. And then Danny's character was really grappling with, wow, am I gay? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. So, so for me, when you were saying, this is the reason why I sort of jumped in is for mm -hmm. when you were saying like, it was super uncomfortable, his behavior mm -hmm. it was off. Yeah. That's what, I, that's how I perceived it is. That's how an addict is. Sure. Very difficult to be around and uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause he's, he's pushing boundaries totally. he's doing, and it had, like I said, so it was very separate from the sexual orientation or like you were very saying with, so. with Danny, Danny sitting there going like, 
what the hell's going on with me? He's conf- got married, really confused feelings. Trying to have a baby. And Carl's just like, what is, the, so? Like, just fuck me. Yeah, it's you know? really, really addictive behavior. And his character, yeah, was 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 uncomfortable at very, times. Very. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I saw it as a, a sex and love addict. Yep. So if you're, if you're looking at that, psychologically speaking, we try to talk about these episodes in a psychological perspective, obviously. I really mm-hmm. feel like the the struggle with Carl is about that. It's about mm-hmm. sex and love addiction because that's mm-hmm. what happened. And also gaming addiction, obviously, because it, that, but that's just, the, I, for me, that was the playground he was using to act out his sex and love addiction. Right. And they did give a little bit of the flavor that he had always been that way mm-hmm. since they knew each other before. Mm-hmm. And, and they also gave a little bit of flavor, but didn't attend to it really like why the, why Danny really hadn't been in contact with him all these right. years. Right? right. There was a lot of really interesting sort of innuendo around that that they never mm-hmm. addressed because they were trying to do these these bigger issues so i think i think the episode succeeds in a way where they're they're showing those two ways of going about this but it, it, it fails in the sense that there were there could have been a lot more of well, that yes and I, and that's where i think it fails majorly for me is i didn't see where i struggled with the the um development of danny's character was they spent more time on him being repulsed by Carl than really struggling with potential love feelings. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't get the sense that he was struggling with his feelings for Carl. Mm -mm. I got the sense that he was struggling with his feelings about potentially being bisexual or gay or fluid. And I think the, they were trying to really make it about them and I just didn't buy it because I didn't feel like the characters together were developed enough for me to feel the love. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I, I, I just wonder if that was their goal. I really don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah. because Danny's character, if I just take it for what, for what was there, Danny's character seems to have been more struggling with cheating on his wife yeah, and more disappointing her because there is a whole B story of her wanting to cheat on him and then ultimately the end tells you that his character arc was actually about and then they decide to have a hall pass at the end they decide to have essentially yeah uh, well an open she's allowed to see that one guy or whatever once a month or something they trade yeah they, they there's like a symbolic thing that they do and once a month they're allowed to have what uh couples will often call a hall pass meaning you can you can do whatever you like for this day or night and period of time. And then, and then it's over the next day and we have a relationship that's solid and important and we don't want to get divorced, but right. we're feeling like, and, and then that reenlivens their sexuality right. and their relationship. Mm-hmm. Now we can't endorse that for everyone. That's no. just, and we don't know how this, these are fictional characters and we don't know how it played out, but that's it, something that lots of, long-term couples will employ right to i don't want to be as simplistic as say spice it up or an outlet or yeah no just some people and there's great books like sex at dawn is a really great book about open relationship mm-hmm. and for some people you know mm-hmm. and there's still rules around it and it, you can still technically cheat and all of that yeah. and every couple has their own rules around it and in this episode it was their once a month um that was the way that they were you know able to have they, they made a, yeah they made they made that work that that's what we're led to believe and just so i mean i'll just comment on that in the sense that 
if that's something that you're contemplating in your own life or that you want to explore, that's a great book that Kathy's uh, mentioning. And I would just say all couples that engage in, you get to make up your own rules in your own relationship. And so it's really just about having excellent communication, which I think is actually trust. the hardest part for most people is that you have to communicate what your rules are, right? Like what your bottom lines are. Yeah. And so many people have a very hard time doing that. And then it has to be organic where you continue to attend to the rules. Like, yeah. oh, guess what? You know, I thought this was going to be okay. And now it's not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we have to revise. <laughs> and, and trust that you're with someone who's not using that to have a free pass all the time. Well, or that they're, that they know themselves well enough to know what they can and can't do. It's mm -hmm. like getting into a relationship with someone who needs to be polyamorous. Yeah. It's really important for the polyamorous person to be honest about that. Listen, if you want to be in a relationship with me, I know about myself right. that I need to be polyamorous. And I think that's where we get into a lot of trouble in relationships is that it's more about the cheating and the secrecy than it is about, hey, I need more than one partner mm -hmm. and I'd like to be above board with you on that. that yeah. That's very different than... I actually need to be a cheater or I need to mm -hmm. have secrets, et cetera. So. Yep. Interesting episode. Yeah, obviously. Not, not at all where I was expecting it to go when it started. <laughs> Me, neither. Me neither, but obviously. But I was, I was curious. I'm like, why does he keep picking the female character at uh -huh. the beginning? I was a little like, that was like, odd to interesting. Me. And not she's that it pretty should hot. Be. Yeah, and not that it should be, but like looking at him and going, that's interesting that. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, as someone who plays games. Male, um, male character, picking male characters. Well, like, and some sometimes the female characters are really like kick ass. And so in gaming, you know, guys will a lot of times pick female characters if they're stronger characters absolutely and when i used to do a, quite a bit of gaming with an avatar and everything uh the men that i used to game with every day all the time they would tell i would say why do you pick a female i was always curious and i always yeah. asked is because that's who they're looking at all day yeah true and they're hot yeah <laughs> so it's pretty simple sometimes yeah like if they want to look at that character all day long do you want they and if they were straight they want to look at a yeah. hot girl all day long so. i still think guys too always they, they want to know what it's like to have boobs i, I you know they're fascinated <laughs> by boobs. whether you're gay or straight you all love boobs I mean, who really, doesn't love who boobs do, who, what's wrong with boobs Come boobs on. are great. Everybody loves boobs. Everyone loves boobs. See, this boobs. is why female. Boob, foo. It's in our culture. So number episode number two is called Smithereens. The logline is a London-based driver captures a social media mogul sparking an international state of emergency. That's actually not true. What actually happens is that a London-based driver captures the intern of a social media mogul, kidnaps them, and then threatens and gets himself in a whole situation where he wants to talk to the media mogul in order to confess his crimes, basically, or his shame. And that's the only person he wants to confess it to for reasons. Uh, and then that is an international state of emergency, I guess. Although I don't think it raises that, but no, uh, it was a it was a sad episode. 
So, and guys, Andrew Scott is the driver in this. And he's so I good. I love Andrew Scott. If you do not know Andrew Scott, he is in Fleabag. He's in Sherlock. Yeah. He's the one that That's you Google. He's, from. he's the one that you Google and you see his soliloquy of Hamlet because they did a TV version of it and like a staged play of him and you can Google him doing the Hamlet soliloquies. He, Andrew Scott's my favorite. So, what I would say just right out of the gate about this episode is that the reason why I liked this episode was because of Andrew Scott, because you truly believed his emotion. Yo, oh my God. He was so good in this. You, the person I was watching this with was like, wow, I really believe him. Yeah. Like I really believe he is that depressed, ashamed, overwrought, scared, all like all the emotions that were coming from he's just an amazing actor. No, so he was brilliant. I would watch this episode just for him if mm-hmm. I was you. <laughs> I Anyone. also thought the guy who played the intern was awesome. He was great too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean Andrew Scott just is so he just steals the stage oh, yeah. for me, but for sure. like but he was absolutely great but, as well. But the, You're in, absolutely the intern right. was in because he had to play this very timid like naivete sort of He did. Know, and that's hard to do without hard. being like really unlikable yep and i usually i'm not a fan of topher grace but i thought he was pretty decent in this too yeah yeah that 70s that 70s show yeah but he plays like i i didn't even recognize him at first neither did i but but then he spoke yep i go god that looks like topher grace and then he opened his mouth and i went yep yep but he plays you know this spiritual you know he's he's got all this money so he he's on a silent retreat he's on a silent he's like six or seven days into a silent retreat when his people have to decide that they really do have to call him and get him on the phone with the psycho who has you know andrew scott who has kidnapped the intern you know about halfway through the episode his henchmen you know his people his managers realize okay we're really gonna have to get this guy on the phone with him and so then uh topher's character enters and it's a it's an it's a lot there's a lightness to it at first. Uh, the The intern is named Jaden, and his real name, the actor, is Damson Idris. And I just wanted to shout him out because you were shouting him out. Yeah, he's so. really good. I liked uh, how Topher Grace's character, he was sort of, uh, you know, they bring in this, <laughs> I like the part where they bring in the crisis negotiator. Yeah. And, and, it, He's on. He's like, I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna try to talk me off. The, he's like, get, get him the fuck out. Get him this. So they get the crisis negotiator out of there because every, you know, <laughs> he tries to use all these like psych 101 things on on Scott, and Scott's just like, this is not working at all. Get out. So that's when Topher Grace is like, they finally get him on the phone, which is who he's been wanting to speak to, and he uh-huh. does a better job as the negotiator. Just go. I'm just going to be real with this guy, <laughs> and um, their their conversation and that interaction and how it unfolds, but like why he's confessing and how it's connected. I liked that moment a lot. <laughs> yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I would say this in general. I experienced these three episodes, and I think we've been saying this as we've gone through the seasons is that those first two seasons when they were, they're just not as like horrible as they were in those first couple of seasons. No, they're not at the episodes and the seasons are not as transcendent. I think those first two seasons were had stuff where you literally couldn't take it. It was just cringy. You wanted to walk out. It was very, it, it just attacks everything that you just felt so pain. It was so painful. I really like these episodes. It's not that I don't like them because 
actually they're just more psychological to me and I'm not as triggered. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there are these episodes that we have talked about and you can hear, uh, we've done five separate episodes, meaning we've done each season of black mirror now. And this is the conclusion of that today. You can hear how it progressed for us. And there, there were always one or two episodes in each season that we really liked and then, but I'm not, I'm just the last couple of seasons, I'm just not as triggered, which I actually prefer. Yeah. But I also Same. see what they were doing in the first two seasons. And I really appreciated them going towards the edge mm -hmm. of people's tolerance. I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. And some of the ideas were incredibly creative. Like, that. like I didn't know I could feel so bad about that thing. Yeah, first couple Because I never seasons, even imagined it. <laughs> first couple seasons were rough. Really rough. Yeah. But anyway, so these are the... To me, these are smart, uh, but kinder and gentler in oh, general. More palatable, they are. Yeah, and and honestly, many times, and that I, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I do think that that's the American influence on it. Yeah, we we. Oh, you're right. We want our messages in a much more palatable, you know, a, a format we can swallow easily. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad it has pros and cons mm -hmm. because if you are wanting us to hear and accept and learn something and challenge ourselves to have different viewpoints on this you do this is a very psychological this is a therapist thing you you have to as a therapist put it in a package that the patient can swallow mm -hmm. in a way that they can hear it you have to say it in a way that they can hear it at that moment in time and in a package that they can ingest it in because if you come out full bore and say it just any old way you want to say it, they're not maybe ready. They become defense. People become defensive. I mean, you and I will have the same reaction. You become mm -hmm. defensive. You think like, oh, I'm not like that or mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way. or and, and that's the same with this show. And so if you are wanting to appeal more to American audiences, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And this episode, because they've done so many episodes in Black Mirror, I'm noticing of this like kidnapping thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's like at oh least, yeah, the, at like least three, one, at least one a season. Yeah. I feel like there's like three that are coming to mind right away. Mm -hmm. This one was to me the most emotional because of Andrew Scott's performance. He was so good, and I really, I it's the one I felt. I just felt more of it. I really felt the struggle for me to see him as a horrible person who who executed this whole thing in a really poorly way. Like we wanted to confess and punish people emotionally or something and then kill yourself. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have to do it this way, you know, this horrible thing. But then also just like listening to him and really feeling a whole lot of compassion for what he's been through. This, this episode felt more like a drama to me. Very much Because so. once you figure out what's going on and what he's doing and how he's just become unhinged, he's not a psychopath. Like he just literally went, crazy from his trauma it's it's heart-wrenching and then the people that he destroys along the way and and gets involved i mean it's very real this is stuff that we sometimes will see in media when we find out about shootings and things like that when people have really become unhinged and it was a very to me it was a very moving episode and i felt for the intern and and how terrified and then how he tries to to connect with Adam Scott yeah. at the end and that, that whole scene, there's just, because there's, he feels the compassion. He, there's a lot of character development in this one that mm -hmm. I do feel like one thing black mirror does do well is in a short amount of time, they're able to develop characters, it, character depth, yeah. but some episodes more so than others. And I think in this one, because it was primarily based on Adam Scott and Damson Idris's character, 
in whatever hour and 20 minutes or whatever, like I fell in love with both of them. Absolutely. Me too. I think the climax is as uh, character driven and I, and I'm partial to that in a lot of ways. I like plot. I like plot driven climaxes and plot driven movies and shows just as much as the next person. Of course, a perfect, a perfect story is usually where plot and character have their crisis at the same time. They like match like that's a pretty pretty standard story goal. And I think that they achieve that because the plot is driving forward in that way too, but it's mostly character driven. In other words, the climax is when you find out, here comes the ruining thing, if you haven't seen it, is that Andrew Scott's character takes responsibility and caused the death of his wife and child. And so once we know that, we have all of a sudden there's this flood of compassion. That's another thing Black Mirror does really consistently is messes with your head makes you hate someone and then tries to have you fall in love with them and understand them and then have you sit with the dialectic of that Mm -hmm. which i think is so important in our culture Mm -hmm. and that's something we talk about a lot is the the gray of things and sitting with both things being true you both hate the way he's doing things and you also feel compassion oh yeah for who he is and that's the climax and that's why you know damson's character all of a sudden is like feels for him that's because it's like oh shit i like this episode me too okay well i'm glad we got that settled <laughs> shannon really liked that episode uh, i like andrew scott i got a thing for andrew scott he's exceptional the third episode is called rachel jack and ashley too starring miley cyrus an introverted teen tr- fixates on an ai inspired by ashley O. Who is who? Who's this major pop? Her favorite pop star, basically, played by Miley Cyrus. Meanwhile, Ashley's own life, the pop star's life, begins to come apart at the seams. What you think? It's my least favorite of the three. Okay, it has its moments. I think it. it I thought it was timely that we watched it mm-hmm. due to the stuff going on with Britney Spears right now. Okay, so I thought that there was some similarities to you know the life of a female pop star and how exploited and and used and so there's those comparisons that I thought were kind of neat to look at with everything going on with Britney right now you know I don't know it's 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 an episode that really there's a parallel experience uh, experience that's going on between Ashley and Rachel who's her fan so so I, I, I don't know so there's two storylines going on there's uh the fan that bought what happens is Ashley O, the star, or is being controlled by her aunt. So there's always somebody in a in a star's life that is helping them, and sometimes they're really hurting them. And I think that's the correlation you're making to Brittany, is that family is control. Our perception is family is controlling and distorting the image, and 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 all. And that, that. no one really knows what's going on. You know, and, like she's suffering right. in silence. Right, and that the public in this fictional version doesn't know what's going on, and Mm -hmm. she's really suffering and trying to get out of it. And then the other story going on is these two sisters living with their father, who's mostly checked out and not paying attention to them at all in general, doing his own thing. And the one sister is particularly insecure and buys what they call an Ashley two, which is a robot that the Ashley star machine has created where you can talk to it. You can talk to it and you're basically talking to the pop star and you can have a whole conversations. You basically have an AI friend. And I was struck by the fact that this sister really related to the Ashley two 
in the sister that she really wanted because the Ashley too was validating. Mm -hmm. It was kind. It was supportive. It really encouraged her to enter this like uh, talent show, even though she really wasn't ready and you really knew it wasn't going to go well. And of course it didn't go well, but just very supportive and loving. And you know, their mother has died. So she's got this Ashley too. That's really the mother, the sister that she Mm -hmm. wants because the sister is really angry checked out and grieving in her, a very, very different way in an angry way in an isolative and avoidant way. And so you've got this story going on with these sisters and then you've got this other story with this pop star who's... Also lost her mother. Also lost her mother. And you're looking at these two stories and you know you could compare them like, oh, well, these two sisters' stories is so much more important than this like entitled star and her creativity. But I really saw both stories mm-hmm. as having some depth, right? And I yep. thought Miley did a good job. She did. In the end, I feel the same as you as far as like I didn't like this episode as much as the others. But maybe that's because in many ways I didn't get a lot of depth. No. But I but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I thought the the thing I wrote down after this episode was over was, well, that was just fun. <laughs> it wasn't. And, I, and I, what I'll add to to it is, you know, there's a this is a spoiler alert here. But there's this there's a part where just like we've seen with other pop stars where she ends up they believe you know the fans and stuff believe that it's from exhaustion whatnot but essentially her aunt who is her manager poisons her she goes into a coma Mm -hmm. right she goes into this coma and uh with the belief that um she's never really going to come out of it which is the 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 man the the aunt's intention and so what they do is they recreate this avatar, this virtual Miley that's as big or as small as you want to make her. And she can tour in any city or every city. Um, they can create a show with this avatar. So they really can just duplicate her all over the place. And we don't really need her physical body. So it speaks to the objectification of Mm -hmm. young celebrities and especially female stars and how they're objectified to really just be a product um, to be made, make money. And then in addition to that, her fight for survival where she starts to communicate through this Ashley two doll to Rachel who now starts to realize, wow, this is no longer the doll. This is Ashley in her coma speaking to me. And they go, you know, they go find her and save her. And it ends up being, the ending's a little cheesy, but it's... That's the part where I thought this was just fun. Yeah, it was just kind of fun. But It's I, a good but end, I, it's a happy ending. But I think the, words. just speaking to the, how much we objectify these young stars and how essentially it was like, well, we don't really need her. We've She's already created the songs. We can duplicate her voice. We'll just make this body. We don't really need her. It's not really her that we need. We need her product. Well, and you know what's so interesting about that is that's really a comment on us as a consumers. Yeah. Is that as consumers, consumers we don't really care about the depth of it or that be it being a real person right. we just care about the product right and that's not true yeah right yeah i mean it's not generally true right because because most of the time an emptiness tends to take hold at first it's exciting and interesting and it would be really interesting to have that and then what i find in the in the people that i admire and the things that i imbibe is that you can feel the emptiness of it yes it's like if you and I came into this and we were putting on personas that weren't really who we were. 
mm-hmm. you would you would really feel the emptiness of that. You would yeah. really feel like, okay, well, I enjoyed a few episodes because they talked about some dark shit, but... Yeah, like I would never buy tickets to that show. Yeah, exactly. No, nor yeah. I, nor I. So I think what you're hearing too is that this episode is really two two, epi- two shows. Yes. The first, the first half really is a comment on these two different families and the way they're operating. And then the second half, because the aunt puts the pop star into a chemically induced coma and then the second half becomes very black mirror in the sense that her consciousness goes into the robot and then and then it becomes this caper it becomes like a chase scene where the two kids are gonna go save go save ashley in the hospital and so it actually becomes kind of like you're watching a fun funny like comedic Oh yeah, when Jack, uh, when Jack thriller is, in a Jack's way, Jack's the other sister, and she, um, yeah, you know, and she shows up as the exterminator. That's right, and she redeems herself. You know, it actually really br- it brings her back closer to her sister again, and realizing how much she had really been absent. Yeah, so that was kind. Of, that was, I think, the only real depth was at the end when Rachel and Jack starts to care again about their relationship. And, yeah, so yeah. the first half it makes this comment, and the second half it, it's it's fun. It I, is thought fun. It, I thought it was a lot of fun. She, so and Miley was fun. good. She was good in it. It's lighter and funner. So if you're not into the darkness of Black Mirror, <laughs> this would be a good episode for you. Yeah. And we've mentioned that along the way. There's been a couple of episodes that very much heavily comment on love. There's been a couple of, you know, there's been different kinds of themes. So you can listen to the episodes we've done on each season and probably pick out the ones that you would enjoy. And this would be one of the lighter ones. And uh, I think Kathy and I have decided, or at least I'm, I'm deciding for us that one of these weeks we'll go our separate, go into our separate rooms and watch Black Mirror Vandersnatch and have our own experience and maybe Mm -hmm. talk about it on the Shrink Chat show before season four starts. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. Black Mirror, the end on our 250th episode. Oh, see, she did it again. I really hope you can hear that. (laughs) That's awesome. We're celebrating our 250th episode. I'm going to have some Starburst to celebrate on the next show that we record. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.